Hey, and welcome to this week's episode of the Mid-City Church Sermon Cast. In today's episode, you're going to be challenged to visualize the future that is possible as we begin to live out our why. It's going to be a fun one. Let's go. Soon after turning 15, my dad decided to come into my room one Saturday morning uh, around 5 a.m., and he just, like, nudged me awake. Now, once I came to my senses, I heard him say, meet me downstairs in 10 minutes. I honestly had no clue what was going on. All I knew was that whatever it was, it somehow warranted me having to wake up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday. And my only hope was that I wasn't getting in trouble for something. So I got up brushed my teeth, went downstairs, and I saw my dad waiting for me right by the door with his car keys in his hand. And he looked at me, he handed me the keys, and said, Fernie, it's time you learn how to drive outside the parking lot. You see, up until that day, my dad would let me drive his car in the parking lot, in the school parking lot, but never outside of it. He always said that I wasn't ready for that. But that morning, literally at 5 a.m. on a Saturday, I got, my dri- I got in the driver's seat, and we started to drive on real roads for the very first time. We drove up and down the mountains. We drove on the interstate. We drove on one of the major roads. We even drove through some back roads. And we did all of this by 6.30 a.m. when we returned home and everybody started waking up at the house. Now, to be honest, even though I knew why he woke me up, which was to teach me how to drive, and even though I was personally really excited to learn how to drive, I was kind of in a bad mood because I really wanted to go back to sleep that morning. See, sometimes we understand our why, and we're even fully behind that why. But when we realize the amount of work that our why requires of us, uh, the, the amount of work that our why requires us to put in, sometimes we find ourselves unwilling or unmotivated to follow through on living out our why, which is what was happening to me that morning. Even though I really wanted to learn how to drive, the realization that it would have to happen at 5 a.m. on a Saturday, on the one day that I could sleep in, it was making me question if I really wanted to learn or to drive or not. So how do we overcome that slump? How do we come to uh, face-to-face with the work that living into our why is going to require of us and still find the motivation to push through? Uh, So I believe that the answer to this problem is actually pretty simple. We have to learn how to visualize the future that is possible as a result of the work that we put in uh, while we live out our why. So let me give you an example of this. My sophomore year of college, right after uh, um, the fall semester ended, right before Christmas break, I decided to make the 12-hour drive home from Oklahoma City to El Paso, Texas. Now, this was already a planned trip, but I decided to leave... um, earlier so that I could surprise my parents at work. So instead of leaving at 8 a.m. as I had originally planned, which would have put me in El Paso around dinner time, I decided to leave at 4 a.m., which was 3 a.m. in El Paso, so that I could make it to El Paso around 3 in the afternoon and surprise them at work. Now, 12 hours is a long drive. I'm from Texas. I'm used to long drives, but it's still 12 hours is a long drive. But I'll tell you what, those 5 a.m. drives with my dad when I was a teenager, just four years earlier, they taught me the importance of getting a good night's sleep before an early morning drive. Those 5 a.m. drives with my dad, they taught me how to take back roads through Texas so that I could make my drive a little bit shorter. 
Those 5 a.m. drives with my dad, they taught me to pay attention to the speed limit signs as I drove through three different states, Oklahoma, New Mexico, and Texas. Those 5 a.m. drives with my dad really prepared me to do something that I never imagined I would have to do. Never, never in my wildest imaginations did I ever think that four years after those 5 a.m. lessons that those lessons uh, would come in handy. See, I truly believe that if my 15-year-old self could visualize the effect that those early morning drives were going to have on my life, then I probably would have woken up with more excitement at 5 a.m. every Saturday. If I could have visualized the fact that those early morning drives were preparing me to drive through different environments like the snow in Chicago and the ice in Oklahoma, flooded roads here in Louisiana, and endless deserts in West Texas, right? If I could have visualized the fact that these early morning drives were preparing me to drive through the Appalachian Mountains on my way to Philly or the Sacramento Mountains in New Mexico or even the busy streets of Orlando and New York City, If I could have visualized that those early 5 a.m. drives on Saturday mornings were preparing me for all of this, I truly believe that I would have approached those mornings with more excitement, more enthusiasm, and I even think my dad and I would have argued a whole lot less. See, when we can visualize the type of future that is possible as a result of us doing the work that our why why requires of us, I firmly believe that we can find the motivation we need to put in the work that is being asked of us. Today, I want us to begin to visualize the future that is possible if we put in the work that living into our why will require of us. And my hope is that in visualizing this future, we can begin to put in the work here and now. So what future is possible as a result of us living into our why of helping to bring about the diverse kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven? I want us to turn to scripture for that. So in Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 through 8, Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, as you go proclaim the good news, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, uh, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Now, I find this verse very interesting. So Jesus tells the disciples that in order for people to know that the kingdom of God has come near, they need to cure the sick. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, that seems like a job for doctors and nurses, and I'm not a doctor or a nurse. But I actually think Jesus is calling all of us to advocate for anything that can help cure the sick. See, one way that we can cure the sick is by advocating for better health care or for more affordable and accessible health, health treatments. We are called to cure the sick. And this is just one of the ways that's possible, right? The future that God is calling us to imagine is one in which there is no more sickness, right? Jesus then goes on to say, uh, go raise the dead. Now, this may seem like a little bit of a stretch for you because we can't really raise the dead, right? But hear me out. What would it look like if we created a place in which we fought to get rid of all things that lead to death? So what would it look like if we changed the the trajectory of people's lives by eliminating things like gun violence? What would it look like if we changed the trajectory of global politics by advocating for world peace? What would it look like if we created a better future by advocating for climate change? The reality is that these uh, these things are sometimes on a path towards destruction, towards death, right? But one of the ways that we can raise them from the dead is by changing the trajectory that they are on. Jesus also says, cleanse the lepers and cast out demons. These feel like a little bit more impossible too, right? Now, these two are so interesting to me because scholars uh, argue that maybe we've interpreted these two uh, 
these two things wrong. So today, many scholars believe that the word lepers refers to anyone with any skin condition. So this can literally be anything from monkeypox to eczema to leprosy or even acne. I struggled with, uh, with, I struggled with acne in high school and uh, with uh, eczema today. So I know what it's like to have uh, stuff on your arms and people look at you weird, right? So Jesus says um, uh, we are to... Um, uh, cleanse the lepers, right? So help people get rid of these skin diseases. And then he says, um, he says, cast out demons. Again, many scholars believe that we've maybe been misinterpreting this. And scholars argue that, that maybe uh, these demons refer to things like uh, mental health. So things like depression and anxiety and bipolar disorder, dementia, autism, schizophrenia, OCD, ADD, PTSD, etc. all those kinds of things, right? So uh, really what Jesus is referring to in, in all four of these, right, uh, curing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, casting out demons, all of these things fall under health. So I believe that Jesus is urging us to imagine a future in which all people have the medical access they need, in which there's no more sickness, right? Imagine a place where there is no more sickness, See, if we can visualize a future in which there's no more room for sickness, then I believe we will be more willing to put in the work that is necessary as we live out our why today. But there's more to visualize. The future we're being called to visualize also makes room for even the least among us. So in Matthew chapter 19, verse 14, Jesus says this, Let the little children come to me and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. Now, if we're not careful, we can miss something very important in this verse. See, at the time, even though children were of the same faith and tradition as the adults, children had a very low status in society, which is why the disciples got pretty upset that people brought their children to be blessed by Jesus. But Jesus makes it very clear to them that the kingdom of God, uh, that the kingdom of God belongs even to these kids who are considered to be among the least in society. See, if we can visualize a future in which there's no more room for sickness and a future in which even the least among us have a place with God, then I believe that we will be more willing to put in the work that is necessary as we live out our why. But there is still more to visualize. So Revelation 21 verse 4, uh, we're told that John, the the author of this uh, letter of Revelation, we're told that he sees heaven come down and hears the voice from heaven say this. It says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. In other words, when God's kingdom is established here on earth, there will no longer be anything that causes people to cry. We will no longer have to attend funerals. We will never experience any sort of pain or suffering ever again. See, if we can visualize a future in which there's no more room for sickness, a future in which even the least among us have a place with God, and a future in which there is no more pain or suffering, then I believe we will be more willing to put in the work that is necessary as we live out our why today. But, you guessed it, there is still more to visualize. So in Luke chapter 13, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. And he says, uh, he says this in verse 29. He says, people will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and will eat in the kingdom of God. 
In other words, Jesus is saying that the kingdom of God in heaven uh, will have room for all people, right? All people from the north and the south and the east and the west, that the kingdom of God is a place for all people. Now, Luke isn't the only uh, part of the Bible that talks about this diversity. Listen to what Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 says. It says, After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all the tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne of God. Now, these two verses are so powerful to me. See, the kingdom of God is made up of people from the east and the west, from the north and the south, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. Can you imagine how diverse this future is? It's, it's a future in which all people are welcome, one in which there's no discrimination based on race or sexual orientation or financial status or level of education or anything else. A future in which all people are welcome just as they are because it's a diverse future. See, if we can visualize a future in which there's no more sickness, a future in which even the least among us have a place, a future in which there is no more pain or suffering, and even a future in which all people are welcomed, uh, welcomed by God, then I believe we will be more willing to put in the work that is necessary as we live out our why today. See, if I could go back to my 15-year-old self, annoyed that I had to wake up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday, I would tell my younger self about all the experiences we get to have as a result of those early morning drives. And my prayer is that in knowing that, uh, that future that is possible uh, because of waking up at 5 a.m. every Saturday, that my 15-year-old self would find the motivation needed to put in the work, to pay more attention uh, while we're driving, and to cooperate with my dad even more. All of this for the sake of the future that we would get to experience. And the same is true for you and I as we live out our why. If we can begin to visualize the future that is possible, then I believe that we too will be willing to put in the work that is needed as we help to bring about the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. May we visualize that future, friends. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mid-City Church Sermoncast. If you'd like to dive deeper, visit midcity.church slash sermoncast to find a home sheet that goes along with this message. On the home sheet, you'll find scriptures, questions to wrestle with, and a challenge that goes along with this sermoncast. I want to invite you to support our ministry here at Mid-City Church by giving today. To give, text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to the phone number 225-307-0662. Thanks and see you next week.